Raptors rookie Christian Coloco was somehow fined $15,000 for getting speared by a Miami Heat player. So I'm going to break down his comments on that situation, the absurdity of what the NBA just did, as well as an injury update for guys like Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and Chris Boucher, as well as a little deep dive into the stats of OG Ananobi being more of an on-ball scorer this season. So a bunch of stuff to break down. Without further ado, let's jump straight into it. Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here with the Raptors Digest, breaking down the latest Toronto Raptors news, and we got a lot to talk about in this video, and the first thing we're discussing is Christian Coloco being fined $15,000, and what he had to say about this whole situation, because as we discussed in the post-game reaction live we had to the Raptors lost the Miami Heat, Christian Coloco ended up getting fouled by Caleb Martin of the Miami Heat, got stood over, taunted by him, as he stands up, Martin comes over, stands over him again, pushes him essentially, and then Christian Coloco, trying to get his balance, grabs him by the side, and then he gets absolutely tackled straight into the first row of that stadium. So, somehow, in that game, after a 30-minute review, it felt like, they threw out Christian Coloco along with Caleb Martin, even though Coloco literally just stood up after taking a beating from Caleb Martin. What was he supposed to do? Get ragdolled? I don't really know what, what Coloco could have done otherwise if he's getting tackled and attacked by Caleb Martin. And I was fuming in last night's podcast about what the referees did in that game, the decision they, the outcome they had with Christian Coloco getting thrown out of the game. But now the NBA has doubled down on their stupidity. Coming out today and essentially saying that Nikola, uh, Miami's Nikola jo Jovic has also been suspended. Uh, Caleb Martin was suspended as well, which is definitely should be the case. He was tackled and all that sort of stuff. But the thing that has me a little, got my gears going today is that the NBA fined rookie center Christian Coloco $15,000 for grabbing Martin during the altercation. What they're referring to, what Shams is referring to in this, is when Christian Coloco ended up getting a shoulder straight to his sternum and thrown into the front row of the crowd, Christian ended up grabbing onto the guy rather than flipping his neck back like James Harden does on a layup and saying, okay, there goes my spine, right? That's, uh, that's you know, apparently unacceptable by the NBA that he got thrown out and also fined $15,000, which he probably hasn't been paid yet. And then be, I don't know how all the paychecks work, what, you know, if it's bi-weekly or something, but we're not even two weeks into the season. Christian Coloco, I saw someone on Twitter say that he's dipping into his savings having to pay this $15,000. Like, what on earth is the NBA doing at this point? It's It makes absolutely no sense that he was thrown out. I was expecting today the NBA to say, okay, that technical foul was rescinded. But no, Christian Coloco remains the... Uh, at least from what I saw online, that the first ever guy to, or, or the quickest ejection in an NBA career, I'm not sure if that's actually true or not, but definitely going to be up there for one of the fastest ejections, what, in your third game of basketball? At least he'll have that record in the record books, but he came out and spoke on the situation as well, saying that uh, he was as confused as everyone else was. When uh went on to say that he there was not much going on beforehand and that he doesn't know who Martin is. So, throwing a little bit of shade there, obviously our rookie's coming in, not taking any smack, not taking any spears to the sternum lightly, and he's kind of out there throwing shade at Caleb Martin, who's 
is a good player. I'm, I might add. He's a solid 3-and-D guy from the Miami Heat. I don't want to disrespect his game or anything like that, but it's kind of a nobody across the league. I like that Christian Coloco's out here, kind of roasting the guy. I don't know who he was. We weren't beefing back and forth. It just kind of came out of nowhere. This dude is crazy, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's some silly stuff there coming from the NBA, the fact that he was ejected, the fact that he was fined, and the fact that Caleb Martin even just did this. Absolute stupidity. And still... I think the NBA should get rid of uh, get rid of that rule where if you come off the bench, even just a foot, right? If you get a step off it onto the court, that uh, you're fined automatically. It's just a stupid rule. Find them if they're or find so sorry, suspending them if they just take a step onto the court. Take suspend them if they end up coming off the bench and getting into the action and sort of stuff. Not if they take a single step off the court. Not uh, I don't know. I thought I think that's. Stupid for Yo- Jovich to be fined in the Miami Heat, but Caleb Martin certainly should be fined. But let me know what you guys think of that situation in the comments sec- section below. The next thing we're discussing is a Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., as well as a Chris Boucher injury update. So the guy that everyone is sort of on edge about following uh, the last night's game against the Miami Heat is how bad is Scotty Barnes' injury? Because we got hit with a couple of injury bugs at the start of this season. Scotty Barnes came into training camp with an ankle injury, so having an ankle roll like that is not not good for uh, your young and up-and-coming superstar. He dealt with that injury during the playoffs, dealt with it coming into training camp, and now rolled it again last night. But apparently the injury is not too bad. Josh Lewenberg's coming out and saying that Chris, uh, that Scotty Barnes is listed as questionable for tomorrow's rematch with uh, the Heat in Miami. Chris Boucher is also listed as questionable, so two of those guys might be back into the lineup. But uh, the nurse had said that they expect him to play. So... That's what directly referring to Chris Boucher. Now, I don't want to rush Scotty Barnes back, especially with an injury that we know he's been dealing with, right? This is something that is not just some fluke thing, some fluky anchor roll. I believe Eric Kareem came out and said, or I think I have the tweet for that up as well, saying that uh, Nurse is guessing that Barnes will be out, so I enjoy that... Uh, not that I enjoy Chris uh, Scotty Barnes obviously not playing, but I like that we're playing it safe with him. Boucher is expected to play, and Gary Trent Jr. is also battling through some injuries. But there was also a tweet. That's not the one I wanted to pull up, but apparently Scotty Barnes was walking around in flip-flops following the game, so no boot, no tape. Feeling well enough to walk around in flip-flops. And honestly, in my day-to-day life, with the, the knees sometimes, the ankles, if you're sore, you're playing a lot of basketball, it's tough to walk in flops in general. Nice sign that he's rocking the flops, but... Take Scotty Burns. Let him let him breathe. Let, let's not push him back. Let's not get him back in the mix. Make sure these ankle injuries are not something that's going to be chronic, not going to be something that keeps him out in future games. Stay chill. Stay chill on Scotty Burns. It'll be nice to have Chris Boucher back. Hopefully our star boy, Gary Trent Jr., you know, is not dealing with anything too, too serious. Tweaked his knee at the end of that game against the Miami Heat, but it's just unfortunate how the Raptors have dealt with so many injuries already to start off this year. Hopefully we're getting them all out of the way early, so we're prime and healthy, ready to go come playoff time. So that's all of our injury updates on that front, but we also have Fred Van Vliet coming in and setting some records for uh, this Toronto Raptors team. Now, I actually forgot to bring this up in the post game, so I want to, to mention it in the video, even though they talked about it on the broadcast, but uh, but let's get this here. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet is now tied for the second on the Raptors all-time three-point field goal list with uh, 801. Uh, got, got it in a game against the guy that's number one on this that list and Kyle Lowry, so that's that's pretty fitting there. Fred Van Vliet is obviously a three-point sniper for this Raptors team, and you know, he had a good game last night, and people have been trashing on his performance and stuff. I'll get into this in the last segment, but, you know, last night, dealing with bowel trouble, dealing with everything that went on, 
Josh Lundberg broke it down really well, saying that after he was called for his fifth foul with 20 seconds into the third quarter, Fred VanVleet played 21 minutes in the second half without picking up a sixth. He hasn't fouled out in his 351 games in his NBA career. Now, firstly, credit to Fred VanVleet for being mature with his hands. We know how aggressive he likes to get in stealing the basketball, being on the help side defenders. He guards people twice his size when he switched on to people in the Raptors schemes. We pretty well have a switch everything system. So Fred VanVleet is a dog out there. And the discipline to not foul for an entire 21 minutes against a team like the Miami Heat, we're always going at you. We're always trying to get the right switches. They're extremely well coached. They're attacking Fred VanVleet. The discipline in Fred VanVleet to do that is remarkable. The fact that he's never been fouled out in an NBA game is really something to to be encouraged by, to, to rave about as a Raptors fan. Fred VanVleet just coming out there. He's our leader. He's disciplined, all that cool stuff. But also credit to Nick Nurse, who could have easily took him out for that entire third quarter, wasn't able to make that run to, to bring us back into that game. Right? Obviously, we're all talking about Fred VanVleet's minutes, but he's a guy that needs to be out there. And Nurse trusted him. To play with that, uh, that only with five fouls and Fred VanVleet delivered. So that's cool stuff there for Fred VanVleet. I like his facilitating uh, philosophy for this season, but it's coming with an interesting. Fred VanVleet not taking as many shots this year has led to some fans be frustrated with another player. In fact, and that's who we're ending off the video with. After reading some comments in our last video, and it's OG Ananobi struggling with offensive efficiency because Fred VanVleet was a pretty dominant. Uh, force in terms of shooting the basketball last season for the Toronto Raptors. Probably, I'd say, our second option in terms of shots attempted behind Pascal Siakam. And this season, Fred VanVleet has completely dialed it back. He only took nine shots in the, the last game, shooting rough pretty well less than 10 shots in our first three games. So Fred VanVleet's taken more of a facilitating role. He's passing the ball, trying to get double-digit assists. And I really like that style of play from Fred. I think it's the right direction the Raptors going with him because, one, you're not burning him out. We saw this with Kyle Lowry uh, in the later years with the Toronto Raptors where he became more of a facilitator and then took over games when he needed to. Fred VanVleet, I like that role. I like him going, following Kyle Lowry's footsteps and going in that direction. And we're seeing what he's capable of doing now in you know, feeding, throwing thread in the needle passes, having his hands up, pushing the pace, doing the right, making the right plays for other people, putting them in the right spots. But you guys saw this chapter's title about OG Ananobi. And OG Ananobi is a guy that is getting a lot of those Fred Van Leet shots that, uh, that, you know, they're just talking about in the offseason about, hey, OG Ananobi wants a bigger role. He wants more opportunities, particularly as an ISO scorer. Right, see, show what he can do off the bounce. Show what he can do off the dribble. And you know, the efficiency is not really there for OG Ananobi right now because his field goal percentage last season, right throughout his career, his career average in terms of uh, field goal percentage is about forty-seven percent from the field. This season, that is down by ten percent. His true shooting is at a career low, and this is coming. On top of the fact he's having his best season shooting. It's a small sample size, don't get me wrong. He's having his best shooting in the areas that he's thrived at in the first four or five years of his career. In the first five years of his NBA career. As a 3 and D player. He's playing amazing defense and the guy is shooting 47% from behind the three-point line. That's where we know OG is an elite starter in this NBA. But he wants to come in and be more of an ISO scorer. Be more of a guy that can create buckets for himself. And even though he's shooting a three-point percentage... Nearly, let me let me get this math right. That's not a mistake. That nearly ten percent higher 
than what he was shooting last year. He is down. He is down like 80%. 80% from the field overall. And this is because he's driving into the lane, still looking a little bit out of control. He sometimes just looks hesitant on those drives, not as confident as he should be in attacking those lanes, attacking those rims. He's taking weird midi pull-ups that we've seen him make at times in his career, but they look a little bit off balance. And things just don't look right as uh, OG Ananobi is trying to create more offense for himself. Now, is this me saying that I don't want OG Ananobi to try and push through these struggles, especially in the early season, and maybe add some stuff to his bag? Because we know if you're working on stuff in the offseason, it's a whole different thing and actually utilizing it in a game. So I'm cool with OG Ananobi trying to work this stuff out in the early season. But right now, the efficiency really isn't there. I just like to see OG Ananobi, rather than going in off balance, rather than going in tentative, if he's going to create some more ISO scores, use that 250-pound frame. He's the heaviest guy in the Toronto Raptors. He's got tremendous athleticism. Just work the paint, man. Just go in there. Don't be worried about taking weird fadeaways from the mid-range. Go down there, bully ball, get those touches around the rim. You know, Kawhi Leonard, for as elite of a mid-range jump shooter he was, when those shots weren't going down, he'd always be able to get you an easy bucket around the rim with those floaters and stuff. Obviously, OG doesn't have the same hand size of Kawhi, which makes it tougher to finish, but he does have bigger shoulders, it feels like. OG Anobi is an absolute monster of a man. So if he can go in, not get offensive fouls called on him left, right, and center, but clear out some space with his size... I think that's the more effective route for OG Anobi to get more touches and get more, uh, you know, calls from. He's at, his shots per game are actually down from last year, which is interesting. But he's getting more of those shots, sort of creating for himself. If he's getting those looks and he's making those drives, go right to the rim, man. Don't be just pulling up for some weird shots on that front. But let me know what you guys think on that uh, OG Anobi discussion down below. But you guys are the best to make this far. Check out the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter, all that cool stuff. Subscribe to the channel it helps us out big time. Anyways, I'm signing off. Cheers.